I would not wish this on my worst enemy. The pain would be just excruciating. People just think that a migraine is a really bad headache and it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. It's really nice to be able to say, is anybody else dealing with this today? Hello, my name is Dr. Larry Newman, and this is Season 2, Episode 8 of Move Against Migraine, a podcast from the American Migraine Foundation. Today, I'm speaking with patient advocate Erin Bradshaw on access to care. Today's topic focuses on insurance. In this episode, we will cover how patients can learn about different insurance options, which factors patients should consider when weighing their options, as well as provide tips for navigating difficult situations. I'm joined by Nim Lalvani, Executive Director of the American Migraine Foundation. Nim, you work hand-in-hand with people living with migraine at the American Migraine Foundation. Why is there such a big need for these services in the migraine patient community? That's a great question, Larry. As someone who is working hand-in-hand with the patient community and watching the conversations in our Move Against Migraine Facebook group, one of the biggest things that rise to the top in the conversations is insurance uh, challenges. How do I get insurance? Why is my insurance denying me coverage? What can I do to advocate to my insurance company to ensure that I'm getting the medication that I need? What can my doctor do? So sitting here with Erin today, I think it's really important to talk about the value that PAF and AMF's partnership can bring to the migraine community. Welcome, Erin. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization, please? Thank you for the invitation. My name is Erin Bradshaw. I am the Chief of Mission Delivery for Patient Advocate Foundation. Our organization is a nonprofit 501c3 national charity that provides support to patients with critical and chronic illness when they're facing challenges around affordability and access to prescribed therapy. Let me just start with the basics. So where can patients go to learn about their insurance options? Our organization is a a really good resource for evaluating different insurance options that might be available to you. It is going to be dependent on accessibility of insurance products that are available to you. So whether you're employed and have employer benefits, whether whether you're a beneficiary or working yourself, you might be um, a minor of 26 and, and younger where you could be eligible for your parents' benefits. Then there are marketplace benefits under the Affordable Care Act, Medicare if you're of age or of disabled status, Medicaid if you fit the income eligibilities, as well as just the private sector. So there's quite a variety of different options. I'd say so. So with that, since there's so many options, what should our patients look for when comparing benefits and coverage? Great question. Um, benefit comparison should be um, a full uh, package review. Usually, uh, commercially-based insurance through your employer is probably the most affordable because your employer is paying a portion of your insurance benefits. So if you have that available to you, likely is the one that you should um, review. You usually will have more than one option within your employer, so that's when you need to um, do an analysis of the type of plans that are offered and really review all aspects of what's important for you in your care whether that is um, having an open network and being able to travel afar, um, to um, understanding your premiums, deductibles, co-insurance, and out-of-pocket total maximums. And the same thing does apply for all other insurance markets. It's just picking out which one will work best for you. Every once in a while, a patient will come into my practice, and they have no other medical illness other than migraine, and yet they tell me that they've been denied for insurance. 
How do they appeal? Can you just take us through that appeal process? Certainly. So um, being denied with a pre-existing health condition was more frequently common um, before the Affordable Care Act. But with that being said, there are still open enrollment opportunities. So if they are trying to elect insurance outside those timeframes, it is quite possible that they're not going to be able to get insurance. They're going to have to um, enroll during their employer's open enrollment period of time. And actually right now is open enrollment for the marketplace plans through the Affordable Care Act. The, um, the variables exist with like, Medicaid and Medicare, and those are based on eligibility, not open enrollment times. I speculate that that's probably what's happened in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that they're going to have to find alternative means to getting access to therapies before that they can enroll into coverage. Okay, that's, that's very useful. In the case where a patient can't get insurance, for, what, for whatever reason, are there any federal assistance programs that can help? Are there forgiveness programs? Where do, they, where do these people look for help? That's a very common topic that comes to the organization, the financial strain and the, the lack of ability to get access to care. There's not a necessarily one specific federal program that's gonna help with that. It's gonna be very unique to the individual and their specific needs. There are manufacturer free drug programs that they can apply for and trying to gain access and oftentimes is, is with the um, input and the support of a prescribing physician. Um, some facilities or hospitals have charity care programs that they can apply for. Um, if they are um, eligible in a state which offers Medicaid, um, that could be a resource to gain access to insurance. Otherwise, it really is asking for discounted rates for being uninsured. Um, or even seeing if they have a connection with another provider or free clinic that maybe in tandem could work together to reduce their cost. So dealing with some of these issues can be a daunting task for many of these patients. Is there any place that you can recommend that they can go how to navigate these, these questions? Actually, that's exactly what we do. So Patient Advocate Foundation has been doing this type of work for 23 years. Um, and we, we do have a migraine care line, which is very targeted to support, providing that support to individuals that are having these challenges. They can call 866-688-3625 or visit migraine.pafcareline.org to learn more about it, request an online support, and then a case manager who's trained in these areas will contact them back and, and really understand their personal situation and help move through that pathway. But we also have an online tool that is more empowering and self-navigatable, that has um, resources that are already built into them, sample letters on how to appeal, tip sheets, how to speak to your provider, um, very actionable items that not only have Patient Advocate Foundation created, but also partnerships with other um, organizations like yourself. We've infused those materials as well as a one-stop shop. That um, is called Migraine Matters. It's available on our website and also directly at patientadvocate.org forward slash migraine matters. Within that tool, you can also request that one-on-one navigation engagement. And we've built in a chat uh, feature about appeals and denials to allow those individuals that feel more comfortable about that self-navigation. I feel it's extremely important to give um, the migraine community access to all different means of ways to access resources and support based on their individual path and what they feel is important. That's wonderful. So let me ask you this. What do you see as the common missteps? What mistakes do patients often make when trying to apply for insurance or try to get help if their insurance is denied? And 
Are there any tips so that they don't do that? One of the areas that we often see is choosing a plan based on the premium cost alone and not evaluating the full out-of-pocket expense. Uh, lower premium does not always equate to less deductible or major or your out-of-pocket expenses. So you need to recognize those two things. You also need to understand what are your priorities as a patient and choose a plan that's going to meet those needs. Um, oftentimes, HMO plans or plans that have restricted networks are also going to be more affordable, but you have to understand if that's going to limit the doctors that you want to see, potentially medication treatment protocols that you want to go under. And so if you, if you look at the broader package and understand that, I think that will make you a, a more educated consumer. For some people, migraine can be quite disabling, and, and not too infrequently, patients will come and ask us, I think I need to go on disability. How do they go about doing that? If you're seeking Social Security disability, there are key indicators that have to be met. That your disability will be um, past 12 months and that you're not able to do the job that you're currently functioning at today or anything of lesser um, equivalent. That is a more um, challenging process sometimes just based on the, the volume of individuals that are applying for it and oftentimes uh, it's not uncommon to be denied on the first go-round, so you might find yourself going through iterations of that. It's key to have um, medical information to support your submission, not only the migraine diagnosis, but potentially other health conditions that might also couple that condition, and making sure that you follow through with uh, the, all the um, submissions of medical records and anything that will help support that. Deadlines need to be met. If you miss them, you have to start the process all over again. So that's significantly important, whether you're calendaring, marking them, or, or noting them. Organization is key. How about this? What would you recommend to a patient who tells you, my doctor doesn't think that I'm disabled because my condition is migraine? What should they do? They, if they don't feel comfortable with the doctor that they're seeing, they always have the right for a second opinion. We can help them evaluate their health plan if they have one, show them what's in the network, point them in the right direction of, of any specialty, just so that they can get a second opinion on that. Everyone has the right to that. Thank you, Erin. I've been speaking with Erin Bradshaw, Chief of Mission Delivery for the Patient Advocate Foundation. We've been talking about getting health insurance for migraine and navigating the different insurance plans. Thanks for your information today. Thank you so much for having me. Season 2 of Move Against Migraine, a podcast by the American Migraine Foundation, is made possible by our generous sponsors, Amgen and Teva.